Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to our post-game podcast episode after the Washington football team fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the opening round of the 2020-2021 NFC playoffs, the super wildcard weekend, if you will. Um, this is Rajan, of course. And um, I'm here because I wanted to give a little bit of a preface or a backstory to the format of this podcast, since it's a bit different than what regular used listeners may be used to. Uh, so after the game on Saturday evening, Pat and I were texting back and forth about the game and how we wanted to tackle this pod. And it was literally 11.45 p.m. Eastern time. And Pat was like, I'm ready to record now. And given how the game transpired, the excitement around Taylor Heineke's incredible performance um, and things of that nature, I wanted to capture those emotions that we were feeling in that moment. So yeah, the first part of this podcast took place literally less than an hour after the game at like midnight Eastern on Saturday evening. And the conversation actually went much longer than the first part of this pod lasts, but that's because, as is apt to happen with Pat and I, we just went in so many directions regarding this team And um, all of that didn't make it into this pod for reasons that you'll learn about in the second half of this episode. But here's the first half, again, what Pat and I were talking about on Saturday evening on the heels of this game. And then we'll kind of from there go into the second part of this pod, which is really me going solo um, a little bit later after getting some sleep and talking about some of the leftover in-game notes we had and teasing some of the content we have to come over the course of the next week or two. But for now, here's part one of the podcast. Big big day, promised a big day, and God, the boys battled. We we almost beat Tom Brady. We were so close. I said this at the risk of hyperbole. We're tit pass away from winning that game. And and forget fuck the fuck the risk of hyperbole. I'm saying it right now. This is the guttiest single performance I've seen from a Redskins player. Sorry, Washington football team player since Daryl Green '86 with the torn rib rib cartilage and against the Bears returning the punt. Like this is heroic level oh. shit from Tyler Tyler Heineke, Heineke, whatever. So I'm sorry, Heineke. If we're talking about citing Chase Young, Heineke. Like, like un un like we we expected some shock the world components, right? Like we thought, okay, you know, there's this element. Motherfucker went out there. Dude and, made himself sick. So- Dude made it himself so much money tonight. This is like this is some. There's shades of Tony Romo in here in terms of the undrafted free agent becoming the starter on the team. The shades of Kurt Warner being like literally the dude who came out of nowhere bagging groceries to do this. I know you know we're trying to put the cart way past the horse. It's one game, but he went into a wild card game against a top five passing defense who spent the entire half blitzing against him, and he, again, we're saying this from the perspective of burgundy and cold gold colored glasses. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. He went toe-to-toe with fucking Tom Brady in this game. If the defense – if it, it, I know it's easy to say if the defense didn't do this and if the defense didn't do that. But honestly, the last drive where the, the – the, the, which they went like six first downs on eight plays that ended in the four-net touchdown, the last one, that was the nail in the coffin. But, like, other than that, and if he didn't bust up his shoulder on that drive and he could actually play, and if his receivers didn't drop so many goddamn balls – Think of how the how our receivers team is. like. I've, I've I've been on this train all year. Our, we've got to fucking get receivers. Like Cam Sims can stay. He can stay. Like he dropped. He dropped this that ball. The four or five. First, he dropped that ball in the first drive of the fucking game. I think. But like he can stay. But like Steve Sims gone. Uh, I don't even care about the touchdown pass at the, at the end. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. You no, touchdown no, get. I don't. Yeah. Get him yeah, out of here. Get him yeah. out of here. You, you can fucking punt Dontrell Inman. Um. 
AGG, like who knows? Like he's a rookie, so like hasn't whatever. played all season. Isaah Wright hasn't had really an played underrated, on, an underrated drop. I think it was in late in the second half. It was on third drive. down. Yeah, he killed him. Inexcusable, drive. inexcusable. He can go. I'm sorry, I don't give a shit about your gadget special teams like, ability. I'm, I'm, Get out. The camps, Cam, Cam Sims is the Cam Sims is the perfect like, uh, like perfect depth receiver. He's good, not great, but like we'll make a play every once in a while. He's not your number two, right? Uh, that drop on the first drive of the game, that ball was delivered on a dime. You got to help your quarterback out, and he just straight up dropped it. And next felt, thing you know, we're down nine nothing, and we lost. What? What did we end up losing by? By eight? Eight? Did we lose it by eight? Yeah, thirty-one twenty-three. Fuck. I don't know what the final line listening. was. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm tuned up. I've been drinking for a while. Um, <laughs> I, I got a kid coming, got to get it in while I can. Get it in, man. <laughs> get it in while you can because that first year, it, it loosens up after a year, I promise you. I definitely promise you, right? Or like after about 12 to 16 months, but like at least speaking from my experience, but like, yeah, get that first year in because the first years, the first few months are tough. Although if yours, ours wasn't, but if yours tends to be one of those who sleeps a lot, then you, you, you luck out, but. We're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Anyway, I digress. I did say before the game, I wish player to be named later was here, just just so we could, you know, get him into a skins playoff game early. Um, where was that gonna, was oh. so fun. That was that was so fun. That was that was fun. Like you know, it sucks we lost, but look, dude, that was a fun game. It's funny because you say it's a fun game. You know, I wish I didn't care about this team as much as I did. I genuinely tell myself year after year after year, week after week, all of these. Every time this happens, I wish I didn't care about this team as much as I did. But goddamn, if it doesn't fuck with my emotions as much as literally anything in oh, my life. Oh, it's complete us. Right? It, like, it just it, – it, it, it occupies so much emotional bandwidth in my life that I just genuinely wish it didn't. And it's like I'm, I'm 50% like so amped up and so hyped up from this game that like what a fucking performance. And I'm 50% the shittiest part. The shittiest part is we don't have another game because like that game proved to me – I mean I can't speak for you, but proved to me we can compete with anyone. We're, we just, I, we just had a quarterback away. that was fucking taking online classes, battle Tom Brady. Tell me we can't compete with everyone. And our defense played like shit for the first time in months. I'm just I, – I, it, you, it's a great point that I wish I'm we had curious. another game. I'm very like, curious to see how you edit, how you edit this. I'm not part. editing any of this. I'm keeping this part raw. So I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely keeping this as part one and then the measured part is part two. But, like, this part is – this is the genuine goal right here. I'm – fuck – uh, I'm, I want to be very measured in what I say in a lot of cases because I want to save a lot of content and spruce it out of a couple episodes, particularly of the quarterback of next year conversation because I have many, 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 many thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, seven, five, seven people, don't sleep on them. But seriously, dude, um, it's funny because like during the course of the game, it's almost, it almost irritating in a way because like you and I are texting, which is great. Lots of thoughts always there, and it, and it helps me think of something like that I, I missed. I've got like old friends who I haven't seen in years texting me. I have cousins who I rarely only talk to, basically except for like during football games, texting me. I have like you know I've got my ongoing Slack thread of my friends that were constantly going on and on about. I actually put my phone away for like long stretches of time because like it was literally occupying me from watching the game itself. Also, my friends were a couple plays ahead of me, so that part really sucked. When they would tease some some of the things that would happen. Yeah, most people most people are ahead of me too, which was tough. I had to put my phone far across the room for a while. Same, <laughs> I did that. Well, I put it on the other side of the, the recliner couch. I was like, I'll, I'll look at this. I made like a commitment to myself. I'm only gonna look in the commercials. But like, it's just one of those things where like, I almost felt like that when. So I will say when when Heineke got hurt and he left the game, that brought back. I thought was, the game was over. That was wicked PTSD of, of RG3 in 2012, 2000, January 2013. Wicked PTSD. Obviously, it wasn't the same extent, but like, I'm like, fuck, there goes hope. 
right? And I, I just, yeah. I, I, I keep saying it over and over, and I'm like, Heineke put out the best quarterback performance by Washington football player since, I would even say before Alex Smith in 2018, because Loki Alex Smith in 2018 was that good. He just kept winning. But maybe like Kirk in 2015, where like he was such a gamer. Like Kirk's best game in 2015 was like that five touchdown game he had against Buffalo in December. I think it was like the second or third game of December that he had like, he dropped five touchdowns. I think it was like four passing and one rushing or something. But like oh, that yeah. was the level of singular. That, that was a bizarre. I thought we were gonna lose, and all of a sudden. Oh yeah, a lot of people out. picked us to pick that lose that game. Picked us to lose that game. Heineke was so good today. So fucking good. When he missed a couple of throws, I think it was on the second to last. It was the second to last drive, or second or third to last. I can't remember. I have to look my notes. You're surprised. You were surprised when yeah, he missed. He missed. Throws. He missed. He missed. He missed one to Logan Thomas where he. It was a Dwayne Haskins throw. He threw it as hard as he could. Yeah, the and double coverage. Yard in. The, oh no! I, yeah. I the double coverage they threw into it the was end late. Zone. It was late in the game. The, the throw I'm thinking of. It was late in the game, and we we ended up punting. We got the ball back and scored a touchdown eventually. Uh, but it was like third and four, and Logan Thomas ran an in route, and he, he was open. Was the one that kind of sailed off his fingers and almost hit the almost yeah, yeah, intercepted. Yeah. That was the, okay. So that was the first bad throw. That, like that one, and then and Heineke, the, Heineke immediately was like, "That's on me." Right, like he knew it right away. He was and like, I, I can't remember if it was Logan or if it was a Cam Sims in the end zone where like there was he had bracket coverage and he was just forcing it up there. Those two bad throws Heineke threw all game, and I think the last one. Watch his highlights right now. They're on. They're on ESPN. I mean, dude was fucking dealing. Just, like it, he was. It was unbelievable. Like this was. It, it was. It was surgery. Yeah. I, I'm gonna put it out there. I know I'm. I'm. I'm high on my own burgundy Kool Aid. Right. He outplayed Brady today. Cause look at the look at the menagerie of guys. Brady, Brady had Mike Evans, Chris Brady, Godwin, Brady Antonio. Played pretty, he played pretty well. He played Brady pretty played well, well, but Brady missed throws. The short arm to Godwin on the blitz, right where he called out the blitz and he short arm. Awesome. There was multiple throws. I literally that Brady yelled, just "We're going to beat Tom." When he, that short arm to Godwin, it's early on in the second half. I literally yelled, "We're going to beat Tom!" Out loud. I was like, "We're going we're gonna to win this game." <laughs> like Heineke uh, didn't miss that many throws. No, he, he missed like three total. I said this to my friends, and I want to save part of this conversation, but I'm like, how does this not remind you of Tony Romo? And I say this in a good way. I said Tony Romo with actual playoff cojones, right? And I'm like, Romo was the fucking Eastern Illinois or wherever he came from, right? An undrafted guy, and he came in, and we're like, holy shit, look at this guy. When when Drew Bledsoe went down, and Drew Bledsoe was well past his prime, or you know, pretty much getting there to past his prime. Uh, uh, capacity and i'm like i mean this it smells just like it and he has to i mean as i said a fuck competition he has to be considered the starter next year i'm scratching quarterback off the needs list and i'm going to linebacker and wide receiver Ooh, right don't now. Go, okay don't go that far I, I went there. quarterback but 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 he is i do think i literally think he's our week one starter it's either him or kyle allen but kyle allen that's what i was saying when we were talking about this earlier kyle allen's coming off an injury I hate when quarterbacks are coming off season-ending injuries because they have to spend as Ron, much time. Ron, Ron will open up the competition. That is great. It's, it's going to be an off-season competition. It's going to be between Heineke and, and Kyle Allen. But as I was saying via text. And they're, the, very, they're, very, they're very similar players. I don't I think mean, Kyle Allen's look, as good as, Kyle, as Tyler look, Taylor. I am all on board on Heineke. I've been on board with Heineke since the moment we signed him. <laughs> but best-case scenario – look, look. Here's the best-case scenario, right? Tonight, tonight was a good night to be a Washington football team fan. For the record, I'm all in on this fucking stupid-ass football team name because, like, I'm tired of dealing with dumb-ass name shit. Like, let's just roll a football team. 
the uniforms are clean. Everything else is clean. Just call us Washington. We'll call it spade a spade or just Washington. That's my spiel. It's also better than we Red take Wolves. Land- it's better than Red Wolves. No. Red Wolves is cartoonish. Get it out of here. Fucking punt it where the football team, Theismann agrees with me. I don't even know if that's true, but I'm pointing to him because he's behind me. Here's the deal. We take Lance at 19. What a win. What a win. I would even trade up. I would trade up to I would trade up to 12 to take Lance. Lance is not be there at Or 19. eight. Well, well, okay. Like I said, I'll trade up to 12 to get Lance. Here's the thing. You keep him on the bench. You literally tell him, look, you aren't playing until we're at mathematically out of the playoffs. And you roll with Heineke and Allen until that point. Like, tonight, yes, we lost. It sucks and it hurts. But, like, this is the first time in a long time I've, like, walked out of a football game and been like, wow, we have a legit football team. Taylor Heineke just went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. You're telling me he can't start week one? Kyle Allen looked like he was a baller when he was in. He was one of the better quarterbacks in the league while he was healthy. Just, you know what? Fuck it. Let's roll with it. Well, I'll pick Heineke just because he went to ODU and that's what happens. You roll at Heineke week one. You roll with him and Allen until you're, until you're what, Super Bowl champs? So, so we probably won't see Lance until at least year three because that's multiple Super Bowls. Right. That's the, I mean, that's only natural. <laughs> only natural. That's how I would do it. I mean, I still – like, quarterback is the number one thing in the offseason. If we want to take a legit step, we need a quarterback. I legit think Allen and Heineke can, like, hold that down until we figure that out. Maybe I'm smoking that's my own batch, but why are, we, a, why are we relegating Heineke to hold it down? Uh, I, I, if, he, if he wants to take the reins and run, I am in. I'm just – I'm trying to come up with – more in than me. Come up with reasons. Like, like, what did we see that tells us today? Like, okay, I know the knock against Heineke. I think he's only six flat, maybe six one. I think he's a little under, undersized. Like, he's like – Have you have you watched any of Wilder? So, Wilder used to be the head coach at uh, – Oh, do you have you seen any of his t- uh, interviews? I've, about I've seen a few in Heineke? passing. I haven't like dove in, but I heard the five. He was like the first five read guy, so uh, among other so sound like, bites like that. I, I personally went to three Heineke uh, games. So he's not the QB those who beat listening, Virginia I'm Tech. From, no, he's not. He's not. Yeah. So those listening, as you guys, all three of you know, I'm from Norfolk. Like I live, breathe anything that comes in at seven by seven. I preach. We've been getting a few dozens, several several dozens on the podcast. We don't need to go only three anymore. We're 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 getting a few of them are bots, but we're getting some we're getting some hits. Bots, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Uh, um, I live, breathe, I like, I fucking love everything about that area. It's my home. Yada yada yada. Heineke, like, there's something to be said. Like, I don't care the level of competition. You throw for 750 yards in a football game in real life? It's not a video game. In real life? That's absurd. And Wilder just preaches all the time. He's the only quarterback that's a 5 read guy. They go boom, 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 boom. Watch him in that game today. He gets through his reads like that. Like tell, that. The only, the, only reason why, the only reason why we lost this game is because Tampa was a little better than us, and it was a pick. It was, it was a fucking batted ball at the line of scrimmage. That's even the pick wasn't even on Heineken. And it yes. was a good read. And it was it was a good read. The ball just got batted. Tell me about Josh Allen's level of competition. When everyone's like, "Oh, level of competition," Josh Allen went to fucking Wyoming, right? Tell me about his level of competition. And dude is a certified mo- certified monster today, right? As he's going to be for the remainder of the AFC playoffs. Also, Josh Allen's sick. That's what I'm. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's yeah, he's but so like, good. he was that was such a good game today. Um, although also it really was great. All, all three games, all three games were. Oh, I miss parts of. I know you. I'm, I'm sure you watched a lot of the Rams Seahawks, but. 
Yeah, they were they were not good. I was thinking about you and the and the misses earlier. I was like, my condolences. Yeah, that, that was that was that was not a good performance, right? You don't do that to your. I mean, I know golf came back in, but you don't lose like that to the backup row. Like that's just that's that's not good at home. Like I thought that was that was a, that was bad. That was bad. Like that's just not excusable. Um, regardless, I I am firmly in. Like, what did Heineke tell us? Show us to say that he's not the starter. That's I, I I keep coming back to the argument again. I'm coming up. I'm, 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 I'm inhaling the fumes the of he that. He balled out today. He he balled out today. Like, what's the shortcoming? Right? It's like okay, he doesn't have elite arm strength. You know what? A lot of quarterbacks don't have elite arm strength. He is not a six foot tall. Well, you know what? Baker Mayfield, among other quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, among other quarterbacks, have proven that it that's that that height thing is kind of bullshit. Now, Drew uh, Drew uh, Drew Brees is six one wearing high heels, right? Like, don't tell me that he your quarterback's hey, Tom, gonna be six. Tom three. Brady. Tom Brady doesn't have elite arm arm talent. Tom Brady doesn't have elite arm talent. Doesn't re, doesn't run the forty yard dash in, in like an hour and thirty seven minutes, right? And look at Heineke's wheels. How many times? I mean, forget the touchdown so mark, which was a little puffy. The little pump fake duck, and then he took off. What's How, he had a couple of the ducks, right, which kept bringing me back to Tony Romo flashbacks, right? And I'm like, you got that, so you got the mobility. And as we've seen today's NFL, like, quarterbacks have to be dual threats. The statue quarterback doesn't work anymore, right? Like, he who shall not be named a quarterback, one of the big reasons he failed is because he was a fat statue, right? And it's like the dual threat thing has to be a thing now. I mean, look at the best quarterbacks in the league – that's kind of where you're going. Even Aaron Rodgers at this age can still move, right? So you've got that component. And then the dude can ball. Like he's, the underrated aspect about him is that he's been in Scott Turner's system for a little while. He knows the playbook. This isn't just some fluke he instance, right? He, he literally knows every single play like back of his hand. There was a play um, sometime in the third quarter where Sprinkle didn't know where to line up, and he literally just snapped and said, get right here. And Sprinkle was lined up perfectly. He like Sprinkle called a pass. That's how you know. Right, Sprinkle had a productive <laughs> that's you know, instance. That's how you know Heineke knows what's going on. Shout out to your good friend Troy Apke for fucking us on field position. Uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna know, fuck over Troy Apke in this one. I I got so mad at that call. I was like, we. I tweeted it from the Halo District account. So people, I'm sorry if I was a little wasted. I was mad. You shouldn't apologize for that. I legitimately, I legitimately had a moment where I was like. The refs are trying to let Tom Brady win this football game. I wait, you had a moment. Th- I was, had three hours the, of it. It was the Apke thing that I was just like, what the f- How is that a fucking – like, he thought it touched somebody, picked him around the end zone. How I'll, often do they call that? Are I'll double down me? on your premise right there. I know people are going to disagree. People think I'm ridiculous, stuff like that. I will. I said this in our, our Slack thread. Slow cap that exact play. It hit the dude's hand warmers. I will, I will die on this hill. If you really slow motion, go pain for, painfully, painfully, go frame by frame, it hit the dude's glove, warm, uh, the, the warmer thing that he wears, you know, the, the, around their waist, like the, their fanny pack things, right? Like it hit that dude's thing. I will, I'll die on that hill. It like the second or third replay clearly showed this and they kind of just glossed past it like they did anything. Like they had to do with so many other things because it's not top pro. Top was, that after, was that after the miss, miss pass interference? Is that what it was missed after? This is so many. I, I have at least a half dozen. Like, and I, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah there is like accumulate my notes. The face mask on Deron Payne. My, my, like, yeah. how many? Like, how many? That, they, how they, many? I think, score, I think they scored on. I think they scored on that play. Unbelievable! It was just unbelievable amounts of like we're just gonna look this other way. Yeah. Shades of the Patriots Jaguars game in the NFC AFC Championship where the I think it was. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. Whatever. One of our recent pods. 
I like refused to go after the refs. I was like, look, everyone has bad calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the Carolina. I was pissed today. I was pissed today. I was like, oh, it was Carolina because because of the fumble, the fumble that they called back that we should have scored on. Yep. It was exact. You're 100 percent right. It's two weeks ago. I was pissed today because I was like, this is bullshit. We're getting hosed. At some point, you have to call a pass interference. The pass interference was brutal. Brutal. The hold on Sheriff that was not a hold, and he didn't hold anyone. What what hold? What hold anywhere? Fucking nowhere. On it was it was unreal. He's an offer. He oh that's what the no okay so that's what the punt was after. The punt was after the sheriff hold because I was so mad and then and then you you really got to be fucking up as refs if I'm if I'm saying out loud that's not Apke's fault. Right. Think about how 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 stupid you are. I mean, it's one of those things where like, they just make rules Fuck. up because they're like Tom Brady's in the game, like. It's unreal. They really do. Like, you had the asshole on TV being like, yeah, that's a bad call. He never says it's a bad call. He never, he will go out of his way and make up rules to make sure that they cover the ass of the referees on the field, right? They were making shit up. The shit that I've watched football for 30 years, I've never heard of in my entire life, right? That that's the first time. It's, it's incredible how they do this. It's just unfucking believable. I was, I mean, this, this sucks to even admit, but like, Part of me was like, what happens if we tie the game and Brady has time to go down the field? Like, are they going to call some outrageous roughing the passer on us to fucking make sure Tom gets in a field goal range? I mean, this was before Tom Brady uh, became Tom Brady, but literally no one ever knew that the tuck rule existed until that game. Nobody uh, knew that the tuck rule existed. Actually, yeah, that's true. Fun, fun fact, I actually was screaming on TV, Ron, challenge, challenge, when the Kissicks, uh wasn't called a catch. That was unbelievable. I, was, I mean, it's so brutally obvious. I didn't, I didn't even know he. I, I didn't realize we had zero. Timeouts. No, no timeouts, right? I, I had no idea. I was, I was too. I was. It's like how you know, obvious do you need that to be, right? But I'm like, except for the obvious fact. Of well, like it's, I it's, think it's, the annoying thing to me was it was called a catch on the field, and then they got together and called it incomplete. Multiple <laughs> instances. It keeps going on and on and on and on. The refs are taught swallow the whistle and let replay solve. Swallow the whistle, let replay solve it. Don't kill the play before it starts, right? Just let it go and let replay solve it. That is what they've been taught countless times, and they continue to do this over and over, where they're like, no, we'll preemptively call the play dead. Yeah, I mean. That's what happened in the, in the, in the, the, the Colts. Um, that was shitty. That was, game that was shitty. Oh, first off, that was the worst review of all times. The Zach Pascal fumble, right? Or the one yeah. that was clearly a fumble, they ruled it that it was not a fumble. It was clearly a fumble, man. Also, I mean, shout out to my boy Chester who, who texted me and said, I hope that's the worst play from an ODU player all day. <laughs> well said. I was like, respect. But as soon as they were, I, I texted this, or I shot this in our group thread before the game started that um, when they were like, this is dude, the asshole who was the head referee today. They're like, this is, her, her, this is his first playoff game. And I'm like, oh, this spells doom. Like that has bad things written all over it. And sure enough, it manifested. I, I, I look. I, I tweeted from my personal account. I'm very, very proud of our team. If you told me we're going into the fourth quarter down two, and that we had the ball down a touchdown with two minutes to go, I would have taken that a hundred times out of a hundred. Right? Like we're sitting here. We're sitting here arguing. Not arguing. We're sitting here talking about how Taylor Heineke could be our week one quarterback. I'm when not saying could. We wouldn't we Taylor Haneke is our week one starting quarterback. <laughs> and three weeks ago we're sitting here being like fucking Dwayne. 
yada yada yada. I mean, I, I like I just like can't get over the that that game. Like Heineke balled out. I mean, look look at the look at the missed opportunities. Sims drops the ball on the first drive, and we have to punt. That was a that ball was delivered on a dime. Sims has to catch that ball. Cam Sims. The Cam Not Sims drop and the Isaiah Wright drop were literally Wright game drop. game changing drops. Game, game changing, game changing drops. drops. Inexcusable. This is why I've been screaming all year. We need new wide receivers. Yeah, if I don't want think to you can do NFL, this. Make a dollar out of fifteen cents shit anymore with the wide receiver position. You can't. If you want to win the NFL, you have to have playmakers. Our defense is great. Like, look, they're great. But when you when you when push comes to shove and you get against the great quarterbacks in the league. You have to score points. The the reason I was so excited about tonight for a loss, like <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, week one we can beat anybody with fucking Heineke. <laughs> tell me if we okay. lost this. Tell me if, if I don't we... care if Lucas. I don't care if Lucas or Trent starting a left tackle. I'm like, you know what? We can we can beat some teams with fucking Heineke. Let's say we we surprisingly like Heineke played like he did tonight. We won. Who's beating us in the NFC outside of Green Bay? Mm, Green Bay. Uh, outside of Green Bay, I mean. I don't know. New Orleans I mean, would I, give us a hell of a matchup, right? Because New Orleans is New Orleans. But I don't know. I mean, that's that's my thing with the NFL. That's what makes the NFL so much better. I know you're an NBA guy. Not like I am that's with, what the, makes NBA, the, NFL, with the NFL, though. I, I, I'm head and shoulders. So, the, and NFL is, yeah. the NFL is so much better because, like, shit can happen every week. Yeah. We the lament the fact the Rams. as, as the we Rams, talk about. like The, the Rams the, turn around and beat the fucking Seahawks in the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, like, I, I, I did a little clickbaity, but, like, I, I don't. If you had to put a gun to my head, I'm not sure that the Buffalo Bills are not the better team than the Kansas City Chiefs right now. While we all just assume that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl or at least make it back to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, are we sure? Like, have you seen this team play, the, the Bills? Like, have you seen Josh Allen, what he's doing right now? Did you see them dance into you, you can't touch this? Like, they're awesome. So, um, yes, I, I, we lamented well, the fact about I'm the NBA. Officially, I'm officially 100% a uh, Bills fan, by the way. Yeah, I was joking. As a, I'm, I'm a fan of two teams now. I'm a fan of Buffalo in the AFC and not Tampa Bay in the NFC. I want Tampa Bay to lose so much. I, I'm every fiber of my being, more so than even rooting for the Bills, I want Tampa Bay to lose. I, I just want Tampa. I am so sick of seeing Tom Brady's smug-ass face after a win. I'm so sick of it. I, I just want Tampa Bay to lose. That's all I'm rooting for now in the NFC. I don't really give a shit about the NFC else in terms of who wins it. Because Aaron Rodgers has always I mean, been I'm my favorite on the Bills. Redskins player. But um, Josh Allen is damn close. Rogers sick. Fifth, 49, 50 touchdowns this year. On uh, I'm all in the Bills. My, I guess perfect scenario for me is a Bills, my, is a, uh, a Bills Packers Super Bowl. My, I'm gonna agree with that. Right. I'm I'm all in the Bills. I have a lot of friends that are Bills fans. Um, and my grandfather lived in Buffalo for 30 years. He's a huge Bills. He was a huge Bills guy. So uh, you got the connection. My my whole family is from Water. My whole family is from Watertown, New York, which is more north of Buffalo than Buffalo, which is terrifying to think about. Like, they're just a lot of a lot of Buffalo ties in my life. And my grandfather, who was a Bills fan, shout out to him, got divorced from my grandmother. And as because he felt bad for my dad, he gave him Washington Redskins season tickets in 1959. And here we are. Egg. So go the snowball effect to go Bills. Snowball no, that's my team right now. I, I think sort of the wagons. 51 to 49, 51%, 51% for me is just still not, 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 the, not the Buccaneers. I am spiteful like that. I don't even make any, any front about it. Like, no, I do not want to see Tom Brady not with this team, especially after beating us. No, I, I also, I'm also like, Tom, you kind of deserve to lose because 
we just had a guy that was fucking taking online classes, taking it to the wire. I was going to say, yeah. The the shitty part about I'm going right back to Heineke because he's the story of the game to me. The interesting part to me is like, what happens if we start Allen and Heineke week one? It's the proverbial sixty-four thousand dollars question right now. Are we like the number two or three overall? are we like the number two overall seed in this conference right now, or three overall seed? We win, so we're at least nine and seven, right? Because I mean, we don't we, we win. We don't blow the Panthers game. We, win, we don't blow we the win Seahawks some real game, games. right? Tell me, so at least you we have to blow, say we don't blow the Lions game. We don't blow the Lions game. At least, at least, at least, at least one of the Giants games different. So now we're looking at 10, 10 wins. And then we have to start asking the question: What are the outcomes against Arizona different? Are the outcomes against Cleveland different? Is is the outcome against Baltimore? No, so I was going to say the Baltimore game, um, but like, yeah, at least one of the Giants Baltimore game. Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore loss. Yeah, but this is a nine ten win team, easy, which all of a sudden puts us in a completely different perspective or different different light in a different competitive position. And that singular reason is why this season is a success. We're built for now, and we're built for next year. So you heard the conversation that Pat and I had yesterday evening. Uh, I'm recording this on Sunday with playoff football on in the background, of course. And I wanted to dump out a bunch of the notes that I had taken during Washington's game against Tampa. Uh, Selfishly, because I took a lot of notes during the game that ultimately I did have the intention of getting out there ultimately. So um, here we go. Now, to start things off, regular listeners of the podcast are familiar with the idea that we usually do some type of three up three down thing where we talk about the best three players the worst three players or position groups or concepts or whatever stuck out to us in a good or bad way and i'm not going to go as deep as we usually do uh, in our general weekly podcast but i did want to highlight a few particular things now to start off you heard us talk about this in the first half of the episode um, from our conversation right after the game And not that it needs to be repeated, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. The wide receivers not named Terry McLaurin really screwed us last night in several instances. And the position group just needs a total overhaul entering this 2021 offseason. Now, we alluded to a few of them, but of course, to reiterate, three particular plays helped cement such an idea. And they were kind of just a reverberation of things we've seen over the course of the season. So to start off. The deep shot on Washington's second play of the game or there's uh, to Cam Sims. Now, it would have admittedly been a tough catch, but he's still got two hands on it. He's made tough catches all season. And honestly, if he comes down with that, Washington almost starts the game starts the game almost certainly with points on the board. Some people, by based off the angle, you see it think it could have been a touchdown. If nothing else, it's deep into Tampa territory. And that could have very well changed our strategy for the subsequent points that we had to score over the course of the game, perhaps even leading to the scenario where we're not forced to score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion to simply tie the game with time expiring. Now, the second one. It was the drive after Tampa went up 15-7 to on that crossing route touchdown to Chris Godwin where he just burned Ronald Darby off the line. But it was first and 10 from the Tampa 43, and Isaiah Wright just dropped an absolute dime of a throw from Heineke. So he drops that, that pass. I think it was on first down. That would result on, in third and longs. I think Gibson had like a one or two yard short gain, which he basically had all evening, unfortunately. And that third and long ended up being the incomplete pass in which Cam Sims was clearly interfered with by the defensive back when the defensive back basically just went through Sims. And of course, the refs didn't call it, even though the TV ref even said that it was a blatant pass interference. But, you know, the refs were completely and utterly atrocious last night par for the course from what we saw over the course of the weekend. 
Um, but ultimately, that drop ended up killing another promising drive. And again, had he actually held on to the pass, we would have once again been in deep, uh, deep in Tampa territory and very well in scoring range. And then the third one was the drive right after Tampa went up 18-7 to in the second quarter, and it was the play right after Heineke had the fumble that we kept possession of. Uh, Steven Sims in particular, who is no stranger to dropping passes, he had no business dropping, but he drops an open field one yet again. Um, that completion would have eliminated a huge chunk of the second and long we were in because of the fumble, but of course we end up punting. I know Sims had like a 12-yard catch on the ensuing play, but you know, too little too late at that point. So you know, we talked a good bit about this in our conversation that you just heard. Um, actually, it didn't even make the pod now that I'm thinking about it because we're going to be posting that as a Twitter-exclusive video. But point being on all of this, Washington needs at least two new and substantial upgrades at the wide receiver position this upcoming offseason. Again, to be clear, we don't need one guy. We need two guys. And then we can have Cam Sims, Calvin Harvin, uh, Harmon, uh, maybe Isaiah Wright. I'm not overly fond of the idea. Or Robert Foster uh, compete for like the four, five, and six wide receiver spots. And you'll notice that I did leave Steven Sims off that list because he's made enough gaffes this year that I would be more than happy to kind of let him move on and not be a part of Washington's future. So that was that. Um, but I'm going to transition to another point of critique, if you will, probably a little more so. You guys have heard Pat and I actually be rather critical of offensive coordinator Scott Turner's play calls, his game plans, and things of that sort. And I thought particularly the latter, i.e. his game plan last night, at least in the first half, was absolutely awful. And here's why in particular. It's no secret that Tampa Bay defensive coordinator Todd Bowles was going to blitz the living shit out of us all game long, given that we were probably going to play either an immobile Alex Smith or a brand new starting quarterback in Taylor Heineke. On top of that, Tampa Bay was already in the top three, if not number one, uh, in the number of blitzes they bring both per game and on a per play basis or overall or however you want to look at it. And on top of all of that, Tampa was actually banged up in the secondary. And yet we saw almost no deep shots outside of the one that Cam Sims dropped on the second play of the game or second play of uh, Washington's second play of Washington's uh, offensive series to start the game. Uh, we saw no screen passes to Gibson or McKissick. We actually saw more creative screens from uh, Tampa Bay than we did from our side. There were no rocket screens or tunnel screens that we've run very effectively this year, to be honest. And there was really, to be or in general, nothing that showed that. Turner would try and do something to take away what Tampa's defense is known to do best in the blitz. We just saw so much of the same old vanilla, everyone runway, and we kind of leak one guy out in the opposite direction type of pass routes. You know, in the first half, there was just no creativity. Again, just basic stuff that we've seen on a weekly basis. And it honestly looked a lot better than it should have because Heineke played so incredibly well. Um, I, I recognize that the story would have been flipped if Sims and Wright had caught those passes, but honestly, there was nothing special about the game plan whatsoever in the first half, and it was actually really, really frustrating because we looked like we were just slamming our head into a cement wall over and over again, as opposed to trying something new, something innovative, something creative to move the ball as these guys are coming from all different directions and you know taxing our offensive line in so many different ways. Now, credit where credit is due in that like so much of we saw of what we saw this year, 
a turnaround company clearly changed things up at halftime and opened things up a bit, honestly, in the second half. And one play in particular that stands out, uh, Washington's first drive of the second half, it was first and five after Jason Pierre-Paul went off sides, and Turner went to that three tight end formation that got Logan Thomas on kind of a wheel route up the left side of the field, if I'm not mistaken, and that was a 29-yard gain that ultimately put Washington into field goal position. Um, now, that was a drive that could have or should have been extended if it wasn't for Heineke's one of his two bad throws on the day, that pass that was also too hard and too high for Logan Thomas on third and four. But, you know, it was one thing, but it also kind of felt too little too late. And, you know, we didn't really see anything spectacular, honestly, toward for the remainder of the game. It was a little better, but not much. So I'm not calling for Turner's head or his job or anything of those metaphors or phrases or cliches or whatever, um, but at this moment... We know he's young, we know he's still in a learning curve, but I think the evolution of how he designs, builds, and calls the offense for whoever is the next quarterback in Washington is a major subplot that is very certainly worth uh, keeping an eye on moving forward. Uh, one final, not to kind of belabor the point after the loss, but quote-unquote low light from yesterday evening, I thought Jimmy Moreland, the people's corner, really struggled last night and had perhaps his worst game as a member of the Burgundy and Gold. Um, I, I, to be clear, I love the heart and the intensity he plays with. He's been a very valuable member of the secondary all year. He sticks his nose in there and he tackles hard and he plays really, really hard, but just last night was not his night. Um, in particular, the deep pass, touchdown pass to Antonio Brown, that worthless manifestation of a human being. Um, it looked like Moreland was either, he either made the wrong decision or there was some type of coverage bust, but I don't know what the situation is from a defensive scheme standpoint. All I know is Moreland was chasing after Brown on that play and looked like there was a big mistake and he was, Brown was way past him. And then the drive after Washington cut it to 18 to 16. Uh, they lined up Cameron Brait on Moreland and Brait got a 23 yard gain on third down. Now, uh, Tampa Bay ultimately got a field goal on that drive, but that was just a really bad mismatch in general with the undersized Moreland taking on Brait, who is a big, big boy. And, you know, frankly, Tampa Bay just took advantage of it. Now, I'm not going to get down on Moreland. I think he's definitely someone who could and should have a bright future in Washington as a role player, if not more. And as mentioned earlier, I think he personifies the toughness and the grit that Jack Del Rio and Juan Rivera clearly want from this defense. But you know, it, it just wasn't his night, and I'm calling it out, and hopefully that's the last time I have to mention his name in a negative light. To the negative light perspective, I want to make sure that I'm turning things around a bit and talking about things that are more than just the negatives um, and making sure, actually, that the positives don't exclusively lie with Taylor Heineke. So to that end, um, Deron Payne, defensive end, or excuse me, defensive tackle Deron Payne, was an absolute monster last night. Uh, the most visible plays, of, of course, uh, started right after Washington punted on the drive that had that phantom holding call on Brandon Scherf, which was complete bullshit. And the even more bullshit thing about Troy Apke taking the ball in the end zone when downing it after the punt. Um, as an aside, I will die on this hill. People will think I'm crazy. Probably wouldn't be the first thing, first time people thought I was crazy. But if you slow, slow cap that punt and the way it kind of pops up, I will 
I will bet every penny to my name that it grazes the hand warmer uh, fanny pack thing that players wear of one of the guys. That it very slightly grazes it. And among all the irresponsibilities of the broadcast last night, uh, they did not slow cap it because I firmly believe they only showed two replays, but if they really slow capped it frame by frame by frame by frame, you will see that it grazes the hand warmer fanny pack thing of the player, and it was a fumble, and it should have been picked up for Troy Apke, and it should have been a touchdown. But, you know, that's just into the realm of hypothetical what-ifs. That notwithstanding, on the drive when Tampa Bay got the ball back, um, Payne punches out the ball from Tampa rookie running back Keyshawn Vaughn, that turnover directly leads to a touchdown, in addition to being a hell of a play, something that, as pointed out in the broadcast, defensive linemen are not apt to make. Um, and that touchdown was obviously the one that Heineke run that should be one of the top 10 or 15 plays of the 2021-2020 postseason, regular season, or playoffs, or even regular season, as I mentioned. Uh, further highlights of Payne. Um, on the ensuing drive after said Heineke run, Payne sacks Brady, which ended up stalling Tampa Bay's progress and forcing them to get a field goal. And then on Tampa's last meaningful offensive drive, when they were in that four-minute drive mode thing, and they got all the way to Washington's 26 after starting the drive on that 35-yard play to Mike Evans, who unfortunately beat Kendall Fuller. But Payne sacked Brady on second and nine, leading to Tampa Bay kicking a field goal versus getting a touchdown and definitively putting the game away versus kind of allowing us to um, you know linger a little bit into it that ultimately we couldn't make up, but still. One thing I do want to point out that Payne has been, in addition to being a stud all year, um, he's starting to really become that weakly disruptive force that he was back at Alabama. And the thing that I really want to reemphasize is that Payne is only 23 years old. He doesn't turn 24 until next May. He's still on the upward trajectory in terms of his development. And that means, given his age and the way he's progressed over the last two or three seasons, we could very well be watching the emergence of one of the better, frankly, if not one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL in the very near future. Um, and finally, from a wrap-up perspective, uh, I told my friends this. I tweeted this from my personal account. For those of you who follow me, you're familiar with this. Um, in terms of the rest of the NFC playoffs, I would say like 30 to 35% of me right now wants to see Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers win the conference, mostly because Rodgers remains my favorite non-Washington player in the entire NFL. But honestly, right now, I think the vast majority of my feelings are geared towards simply rooting against Tampa Bay to get rooting against Tampa Bay and hoping that they get eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, why? It's honestly because I forgot how much I hated the glares and the tantrums that were associated with Tom Brady and the and the, the on-field histrionics he has when things that don't go his way. Um, I forgot how much I hated the corrupt the corrupt and horrific officiating in the games that are played by Brady. How it's so painfully obvious that his team is always going to get these insane calls. I was getting PTSD of the 2017 AFC Championship game between the Patriots and the Jaguars, which Jacksonville got absolutely hosed in that call in one of the most egregiously officiated games I can remember. Uh, it felt very much last night. And most of all, I honestly forgot how much I loathe the smugness of Tom Brady after his team wins. Um, I, I think the best way to put it is Brady is the unquestioned goat at quarterback, but he's arguably the biggest douchebag in NFL history. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, so to re reiterate, I'm rooting for the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC and to make it to the Super Bowl. But even more fervently, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay to not win the NFC and not make it to the Super Bowl. And the fact, 
just to make sure that we're clear, that Brady bought up, brought in that patently obvious domestic and sexual abuser and Antonio Brown to join this team, and everyone's cool with it, apparently. That just further cements my anti-Tampa Bay feelings. Uh, to that end, that's where I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Hope you guys dug the format of this. We went to stray a little different from our usual formats, but I will once again implore you to make sure that you subscribe to us on this pod, or to this pod rather, because we have some guest appearances pending and planned that we're kind of excited about, and because we'll be posting some quote-unquote exclusive clips on both our Twitter feed and our YouTube channel, so please do make sure you're following both. And finally, Pat and I are planning an off-season to-do list type of podcast episode for next week. So even with Washington unfortunately being eliminated from the playoffs, uh, that's not to say that we're not going to be going dark, at least in the immediate future. Um, and we're going to try to keep up the weekly cadence at least one more week, if not more. So thank you so much for everyone listening. Um, keep an eye out for more published content for us. And hope you all had a great weekend past Washington's unfortunate loss against Tampa Bay. And uh, go everyone playing against Tampa Bay moving forward in the NFC playoffs. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.